Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Scottish Sun Sports Football Podcast. I'm Derek McGregor. With me is Colin Duncan. I think the best place to start, Colin, is the Betfred Cup final on Sunday. Aberdeen Celtic at Hamden. It's got the makings of a cracker. As you say, cracking game. Probably two best teams in the country at the moment, Derek. Also, I think it's a welcome return to its old slot at this time of the year. I think, you know... Which is good. Yeah, which is excellent. You know, they had to wait. You know, they play the semi-final, wait till March for the final. I don't think it really suited anybody. Players, fans... Managers, so the fact that we've you know condensed the competition in the first few months of the season, I think, is good. You know, you know, going back to the old school cup days, we used to have the Brilliant. final at this time of year, so it brings back a lot of memories for some of the older it? fans. Yep. So yeah, no, really thoroughly looking forward to to the game on Sunday at Hamden. Just before we actually discuss the actual game, the competition with the the revised format. Do you think it's worked? Do you think it's breathed new life into the competition? Yeah, well, with the group, the group format, obviously at the start of the season, certain teams liked it, some didn't, you know, because it was coming too early for them and they hadn't quite hit their stride, but... Certainly, we certainly needed to do something to revamp the competition. You know, it was a bit tired and stayed. So, yeah, I think the, the group sections worked. I think the fact we've had all the, the knockout games coming thick and fast, we've got a final before Christmas to look forward to. Yeah, no, I think Betfred have done a good job. I, mean, I think out with an old firm final for the sponsors, Aberdeen Celtic is it. That, that is a cracking game for them. In every respect, profile and potential entertainment factor well the sponsors have won a watch they also had the Rangers Celtic you know yeah. match in the semi-final which is a bonus now they've got Aberdeen Celtic as I mentioned earlier probably two two strongest teams in the, in the top flight it should you know if it lives up to expectations we should get a cracker I must admit as we get closer to this game Colin more and more I think Aberdeen have a real chance of winning this game is that, is that something you would agree with or, or do you see Celtic as overwhelming favourites here I mean Milk Celtic are the clear favourites, you know, they've already beaten Aberdeen twice so far this season and I think Aberdeen are about 5-1 to one outsider, which is a huge price over 90 minutes. It's actually up in Aberdeen earlier in the week, Derek, speaking to the manager and a few of the players and, and the one thing that really, really struck me when I was up there chatting, it was very, very, the confidence, the air of confidence in place really, really took me aback. You know, they really, really genuinely believe that, that you know that this Aberdeen this is their time you know they, they beat Inverness a couple of seasons ago but you know if they could really really put a marker down if they went and beat Celtic in, in a major final and the vibes coming out of Pataudry were extremely positive I mean cocky bullish or just a kind of a quiet confidence what no, would be the best way to I know it's just a quiet air of confidence mm. and calm a real sense of belief they really had a, a purpose about them you know, they weren't swagging about, you know, very unarrogant, but, they, you know, you generally got the feeling that they believe, you know, when, you, when you're asking them questions, you know, how do you think you're going on? It says, you know, some of the answers are like, when we win the cup, you know, when we go to lift the trophy, you know, if, That's you know, good. which, which like is that. what, what, what you want to, you know, if, if you're a manager or if you're part of that team, you know, that's what that's what you want from your players. Because I think, if we go back a few years, that was the one thing that Aberdeen lacked, you know, the, the one thing you could level at them was whether they had the, the mental toughness and the resilience to get themselves over the finishing line. It's good to hear that because 
yeah, of course, you have to respect Celtic, and you know they are the favourites. But you, you don't want a sense of opposing teams being, you know, beaten before a ball's kicked. You know, that's that's good to hear that. Colin. Yeah, I think also plays into their hands. You know, the last time they played Inverness, they were the overwhelming favourites. All the pressure was on Aberdeen. It was almost twenty years since they last won a won a trophy, and you could probably see that in their performance. You know, they they got they they finally got there. They managed to win on penalties, but. It was no, by no means a vintage Aberdeen performance in that day. And I think you could see the pressure got to them a little bit. This time, all the focus, and most of the focus, has been on Brendan Rodgers' side. They're unbeaten domestically. You know, everybody's expecting them to go and win. That suits Aberdeen. I mean, among many things that Derek McInnes has done at Petodre in his tenure there, is, is one of the biggest things, if not the biggest, is changing the mentality, is instilling that belief. I mean, I think the last couple of years he's, he's beaten Celtic three or four times, which in itself is impressive, you know? Yeah, I mean, with they've, they've finished best of the rest in the league behind behind Celtic. I think they beat them twice last season, if I'm right, saying up at Pataudry. Yep. And even the games, you know, that they lost this season, I think even Derek changed it up a bit, tried, tried a few different things with team selection and tactics. I think they'll have learned from the first two games. You know that against Celtic this season, albeit they didn't win them, I think they have learned and they probably realise what they have to do on on Sunday if they have to come out and talk. Colin, you, you've known Derek McInnes for a long time. You know him as well as, as as anyone in our business. How impressed have you been with his development as a manager in the last two three years? I mean, I think even f- when you go back to when he, when he worked at St Johnson, you know, he was just a terrific manager, very very thorough, very professional in everything he did. You know, he'd leave no stone unturned. Very similar to Brendan Rodgers in many ways. You know, they they like to surround themselves with the right people. They like to have the right vibe, the right mentality around the club. You know, the, the whole club, not just the playing staff. You know, they like to surround themselves with positive people. You know, I think he did a terrific job at St Johnston. and got a, a, a cracking move to Bristol City, but just I think it was just the wrong time that he went there. I don't think it would have mattered who went to Bristol Unlucky. City at that time. They were just, you know, he had to. You know, they were going through a whole rebuilding process you know they had to get, cut the wage bill it was a time before they got all that new investment in a new stadium and he was really struggling now he was firefighting he managed to keep them afloat void relegation the first season and, and then I think he was a bit unfortunate to, to get his jotters in the in the second season so I mean you know you get a bit tarnished you know managers things don't work out people suddenly forget about you but he's come back to Aberdeen and, and he's proved just how good he is because you know before he came Aberdeen always, you know, flattered to deceive. Yeah. They just couldn't quite get there. And, and Derek, as I say, he's changed the whole mentality of that club. I mean, he, he wouldn't have exactly felt it amid his bitter disappointment at being sacked. But see that episode at Bristol City, you know, on reflection, is that is that something that can actually have ended up proving the making of him as a manager? Because you can only see him getting better and better. Well, I think well, I think that disappointment. Ask, I think if you ask any manager, they probably learn learn more from. The things that, that go wrong, you know, and the, the, the disappointments, you know, and the, the, when their clubs that are, are countries that they go to and it doesn't work out, you know, it gives you that period of reflection. You can look back. I'm sure, and Derek has said, you know, that he, he learned lessons from that time. He should have get get rid of some of the more, more senior players a lot more quicker. You know, just different things he should have done that have, have stood him in good stead when when he got the Aberdeen job. He, he realised what he had to do when he walked into Petodre because there was plenty wrong. You know, a big, big club, but, you know, it hadn't been a force for a long, long time. And he assessed what needed done and he set about doing it as quickly as possibly. Did you anticipate him being as, as successful so quickly? Did, or, or did you think, you know, it might have taken a wee bit longer? No, because, I mean, he, he had he, the success he had uh, at St John, you know, he, he 
he got them on the right footing pretty quickly. I just think it was the wrong club at the wrong time. And as I said, I don't think it would have mattered who took up the reins at Bristol City back then. I, it wasn't going to work out. You know, there were a club heading in the wrong direction. You know, we've seen it before with likes of Wiggins and Boltons and things like that and Leeds. Once you, once you hit that slide, it doesn't matter. You know, it's very, very hard to, to get back, you know, to reverse it unless a new owner, a new money is pumped into the club. And, and, that, and that's what happened at Ashton Gate. I mean, of course, it's in Johnston. I mean, he, he had a number of semi-final defeats. But of course, it's, he also had a, a big victory over Celtic at Parkhead, Neil, Neil Lennon Celtic. So, you know, that result and since with Aberdeen, he, you know, in the League Cup final success against Inverness, he can be a manager that can win on the big occasion. You know, you can look at things two ways. Everybody looked at St Johnson, they got to so many semi-finals and never managed to reach a final. But the fact, you know, that they were a championship club or first division club back then and, and he was getting all these major semi-finals, you know, people, you should be looking at it in the positive and, itself, that's and accentuating that and look, you know, what a great job he's doing. You know, he's finishing up near the top of the table. He did get them promotion. He's getting to the last four of major competitions. You know, so you can look at things two ways. And at Aberdeen, the consistency in the league has been the kind of main fact, and the main thing that he's managed to stabilise Aberdeen and get them finishing behind Celtic last two seasons. Looks as if they're on course to probably make it, you know, three in a row. I don't think anybody will catch it, lay a glove in Celtic when it comes to the the Premiership. Cup competitions have beat Inverness. The disappointing cup runs last season. Uh-huh. They weren't able to build in that. I think they, they sat down and had a meeting at the start of this season and said, you know, the one thing as well as having a, a sustained league challenge, we want to reach both cup finals. That is our main aim, as well as finishing as high in the league as possible. And they've, they've been as good as the world so far, you know, they've reached the first final of the season. I think his signings have been, you know, by and large astute. You know, the goalkeeper Joe Lewis, terrific, can win you a match as well as keep you in a game. You know, he's strengthened up top. You know, they've got so, a James Madison, terrific signing. The last time they played Celtic, amazingly, he, he you know, it was a real shock. He put Rooney and Madison on the bench. Can you see that happening on Sunday? No, I don't think. I don't think they'll be both on the bench on, on Sunday. I think he tried to get more pace in the team the last time they played Celtic. Tried to really get in about them and worry them with their pace. And then I think the plan was maybe to bring Madison on when the game opened up and try and expose him. You know, with his vision and his creativity. Didn't quite turn out that, you know, Celtic got the first goal and the whole dynamic of the game changed. He had to have a rethink. So I think that was the thinking behind having Madison on the bench. And, you know, I think it was Wes Burns that went up front, you know, just a bit, a bit, bit more mobility, a bit more pace in the final third. You know, you can see where he was coming from. But Was he being too clever about it, Colin? Yeah, he might be, or, or he might be just... He was maybe using that game to try and feel out Celtic, mm. you know, just suss them out, let's see what we need to do, you know, if we get them in a the fight, you know, have a wee look, try a couple of things. Well, that didn't work, we can get, revert back to, to plan A. But I think I would def- I certainly have Matt. I think he's a man for a big occasion, despite his tender years, James Madison. He's absolutely terrific, full of confidence. I, mean, I want to tell Derek how to do his job. <laughs> uh, I think he knows, you know, far better than me how to pick a team. But I would be maybe tempted to play put Graham Shinney back at left back uh-huh. he's also got the pace here and maybe give you the, give yourself the extra man in the midfield with Madison Kenny McLean and probably Ryan Jack I must admit I, I know McGinn I think a lot of Aberdeen fans feel McGinn's gone off the boil lately but I can't look beyond the, the attacking diamond or Rooney through the middle Hayes left McGinn right and Madison just behind him and then as you have already said Colin you've got Kenny McLean also that you could fit in I mean there's so many threats there for Celtic yeah, I mean, uh, Celtic have got so many threats of their own, but I mean, Aberdeen can count on like so Hayes and McGinn. I think they'll definitely start those wide open Hamden spaces. You know, pace is such a key asset in the modern game. 
and Aberdeen have got it in spades with our two wide men the guy's in the middle as well and, and, and Rooney will be the focal point I think he's he's a proven big game player and he scored quite a few goals against Celtic in the past I think that'll be I think he will definitely start and you'll probably as, as the game goes on and it gets stretched I think you, you'll, you'll, you can see him bringing on like so Jaden Stockley who, who, who I quite like and Wes Burns Looking at Celtic, Colin, I mean, suddenly they've got Scott Sinclair, who's a major concern for Sunday, and, you know, the nature of an injury so soon to a final, he's got a hamstring strain, probably your instincts would tell you he's not going to play on Sunday, and if that's the case, massive loss for Celtic there. It would be a huge loss, given how well he's done and how many goals he's scored domestically this season. Well, it might just be really sensible management from Brendan Rodgers, the fact he realises he's got a small niggle, it's don't, you know, the game against Barcelona did look as if it was slipping away, let's do no chances... You know, the most important thing here is first win, trying to get the first trophy in the cabinet. First part of the treble. Let's don't take any chances with him. Get him off, get him assessed, get him treatment, uh, and hopefully get him on the pitch. But you see, you, you never know that you know the, these injuries. You know, if it, if it generally is a, a tear or a strain, well, I would doubt very much whether four or five days is going to be enough for him to recover. Ah, and, and the gamble, you know, if, if he gambled, then he, he pulls up. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. After five minutes, you know, suddenly your, your, your plans are disrupted. Um, but, I mean, he has, he has got the, 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 the good thing for Brendan Rodgers, he's got so many other <laughs> wide options. You know, James Forrest, Patrick Roberts... Griffiths, Dembele, he could play both of them. He's got so many options that he can he can bring in. So, who would your money be on? Is if indeed Sinclair is confirmed out of the final, who would your money be on as direct replacement wide left? I think I'd probably go with Roberts. Yeah, better I th- balance. I, th- I think yeah. I mean, he he tried Patrick Roberts in the number ten role against Kilmarnock a couple of weeks ago at Rugby Park. Gave Rogic a bit of a rest, and I just thought he looked a little bit lost in that role. I just didn't think he quite worked. Just in that number ten, just behind the strikers. Whereas if you put him out wide, I think he's a, he's a winger all day, you know, all day long in my book. And I think that's where he does his best work. He's got the pace, another confident guy. He's not scared to, to take people on, commit defenders, and that's what you want to do. And if, and if you're prepared to do it ham, that at Hamden, then you can get your rewards. I mean, against Barcelona, Callum McGregor was a surprise starter on the other flank. Do you see McGregor keeping his place, or do you envisage James Forrest too? To be fair, played well when he came off the bench against Barcelona. Could, could you see Forrest maybe now coming in to start on Sunday? I think Forrest will start. I think Forrest will, st- will start on the opposite flank. I'm pretty sure he will. He's been really, really consistent this season. It's the best we've seen James Forrest for a couple of years. Brendan seems to be able to get the best out of him. Yeah, he's been, he's been really productive. And You mentioned Callum McGregor turning out to be one of the most versatile players in, in that Parkhead squad. Yeah. You know, 
week before at Kilmarnock played left back and I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch really really solid performance at left back he's over to the right he's played you know probably prefers to play in the middle you know he's just a cracking good old round player to, to have in your squad without a doubt yeah and a, a, you know and a good lad to boot as well from our point of view he's, he's always the first uh, in a mix zone so along may that continue I mean the other big issue for Celtic is, uh, I would have thought is a central defence Jozo Simunovic finally makes his Champions League debut against Barcelona personally speaking I thought it was a bit shaky at first the first goal he was maybe a bit statuesque but he improved and him and Eric Svichenko I actually think look a nice natural partnership do you envisage them staying together for Sunday? Yeah, I mean, if Colaturi's not fit, then I think then they probably will stay together. Simeonovic is good, but he seems very, very fragile. You know, he's one of these guys that, you know, he's just he's finding it so difficult to, to keep fit. He's obviously got a problem, an underlying issue there with his knees, so it's hard for him to play two and three games a week. But he certainly looks their best option when fit, and I, and I agree, you know, he seems to dovetail well with uh, Sviachenko. Whether the game comes too soon for him, we don't know, but I, I'm sure he would certainly rather have uh, Simeonovic rather than, than Dedrick Boyata at the heart of his defence against Aberdeen, given how quick the Aberdeen front and wide guys can be. It's funny, I mean, traditionally we're used to a striking partnership of big guy and wee guy, but here we have a central defensive partnership of big guy and wee guy. You know, they just look an actual partnership. I don't know if it's just a kind of, they can read each other's game. Svechenko, I thought, played particularly well against Barcelona. He particularly seems to be blossoming under Brendan Rodgers. He's been very good, and he is, as you mentioned, very small for a central defender, but he's pretty good in the air. Mm. You know, he doesn't lose many high balls, and he also possesses a real attacking threat. A number of times from set pieces, you see him winning headers and, and getting on the end of crosses, you know, and scoring a couple of goals. So he has deceptively got a, a really, really good jump for, for such a small guy, and Rogers, you know, seems to like him. You know, he, he does. He seems to be growing in confidence as the season goes on. He's starting to play the ball out more from the back. You see him trying to go on, you know, Maisie runs as well. Yeah, no, he's. he's I, I think he'll be one of his first, the first names on the team sheet. Time to put you in the spot, Colin. Do you see this game being won in 90 minutes? Do you see extra time, penalties indeed? Who ultimately is going to win this? Yeah, I can actually see the match going to, to extra time. Wouldn't it surprise me if it went to penalties? You know, I've got a sneaking feeling Aberdeen actually might do it. Mm. I think it'll be very, very, very tight. And I think the key to Aberdeen winning is trying to keep it tight. If, if, if they don't concede in the first half, I think Aberdeen's confidence will grow as the game goes on. If Celtic score first, then I think Celtic will win the game. I think, I think a big factor, and credit to Derek McInnes, because I thought he did a good job for his club. You know, I think four or five days prior to the ticket allocations being confirmed, you know, he banged the drum about a 50-50 split with the tickets and subsequently got his way and I think that that's potentially another big factor for Aberdeen I think on Sunday they're going to come out and there's a fair equal there's an equal share of supporters well, well unless it's an old firm final or semi-final you very very rarely get a 50-50 split mm. because the old firm is you know, normally a smaller club and having to get the fan base to sell out their allocation as we've found in the last couple of you know, last two, three, four cup finals this time Aberdeen quite rightly so I've got the 50-50 split I think their, their, their cause was held by the final Three seasons ago, when they went, when they were played Inverness at Celtic Park, and I think they sold forty thousand tickets. Sensational. So they had a you know cast iron case to put forward to the SFA when it came to to fighting their, their corner to get a a, a a fair split, and 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 that's the right way to go. You know, they, they sell out their allocation 50-50, So you'll be a great atmosphere, and hopefully we'll get a great final. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sun Sport on Twitter. 
We've got a reduced Premiership card on Saturday Colin Dundee Inverness Hearts Motherwell Partick Thistle Rangers Ross County Hamilton Particular game stand out for you there? Well the, you know The Partick Thistle Rangers game Is the first You know the early kick off 12.15 on, on Saturday That's where I'll be heading And it's a Another big game for you know Rangers have just been struggling. I just can't mm. seem to to put teams away just now this season. You know, dominating possession. I'm something like seventy and seventy five percent possession, which is absolutely incredible. But yet drawing matches, sneaking one 0 wins. Uh, last week it was the same against Mother. You know, they're just they're not converting that possession and their, their ball superiority into goals, which must be a worry. And I've got a huge huge couple of weeks coming up. They've got Thistle, then they go to, to Tynecastle on Wednesday against a really strong physical Hearts team. You know, that's that's going to be a real challenge for Rangers. I've got Hearts again, play Aberdeen, then I've got Hearts again, and I've got an old firm game looming. So, huge, huge couple of weeks for, for Mark Warburton and Rangers coming up. And I was I was at the game against Dundee at Ibrox last weekend, Colin, and I, I have to say I got a clear sense that the Rangers fans were not needing much to get on the case of Mark Warburton and Davy Weir. They make a substitution with Josh Windass and get dogs abuse for it. Yeah, it's it just it's the same. It's, it's like watching the same same movie, listening to the same record. The same thing's been happening every week. That they have, you know, they're playing some nice football. They're moving the ball about, but teams have kind of caught and on. They're sitting a bit deeper. They're letting them have the ball because Rangers are not doing enough with it in that final third. That just creative spark. And someday to get on end, it's just not happening often enough. And, and fans, you can see that the frustration growing is week by week. You know, there's, there hasn't been any real radical change to try and, to try and move it up, switch it about things. It's this kind of same system, the same way, and we're getting the same results. There's a Rangers AGM at the Clyde Auditorium on Friday. Dave King back in town, a rare visit, has to be said. What are you envisaging coming out of that, Colin? Do, do you think that the manager could be facing some difficult questions here, never mind Dave King? Yeah, listen, you're, you're always going to get... I mean, there'll be an element of the supporters who, who'll be quite happy with, with how things are going under Mark Warburton, given how tough a you know, few years they had before he arrived at the club. You know, they'll be, they'll be prepared to give him a lot, cut him a bit of slack, given the fact he, he, he's changed ethos at the club, he managed to win them promotion last season, they're back in the top flight. You know, there'll, there'll be people willing to accept it is going to take... You know, there's no magic wand. You know, Rangers are going to take time as... As Ali McCoy said, as Walter Smith came out recently said, it's going to take three, four years. Rangers are not going to be back challenging Celtic in the next this season, probably not next season. Uh, you know, it's it's a long term project. But as we all know, Derek, you know, patience is not the biggest virtue of, yeah. of old firm supporters. Never has been, and never will be. And they expect him to be challenging closer to Celtic. They expect him to be better than Aberdeen. They expect him to be better than Hearts. And so far this season, you know, they haven't been, you know, they, 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 they haven't been winning games that they should be winning. You mentioned Magic Wands. I thought it was noticeable last weekend that there wasn't any too many songs about Magic Hats. That, <laughs> seems, that seems to have died down a bit, Colin, which yeah. I, I find interesting. I have a certain sympathy for Mark Warburton, but, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is Rangers, this is the expectations. Well, you know, there's no room for Old firm and, and any manager, the bottom line is are judged on results. They're judged on victories, and when you look down the the games that Rangers have played this season, there's not there's not been enough victories. Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. William Hill are the kind sponsors of the Sunsport podcast, and we're very grateful to them. And of course, we have the William Hill Scottish Cup third round this weekend, and. 
there are a fair few ties, Colin, that that have they look treacherous, they say the least for the senior teams here. Let me just go through a few of them. Beath Morton, Bonnie Rig Rosedon Barton, Bucky Dunfermline, for Martin versus Annan, St Mirren Spartans. Now do you think there's any St Mirren fans that would be maybe looking forward to that one, Colin? Even though it's at home? I'm not sure if St Mirren fans are looking forward to any match and <laughs> the way things are going for them just now, you know. You're talking about treacherous ties. I mean, the, the weather's treacherous. That's, that's the one down, dampener we could have this weekend with the weather and the cold snap. That you know whether so many of these ties are going to go ahead. You know, if the if the big you know thaw doesn't arrive, you know it's expected to be minus four in the next couple of nights. So I mean, it, it could be a shame that a lot of these ties are, are not going to go ahead because of the weather. But you know, fingers crossed, and you know they, they pull out the stops, uh, the sun comes out, and manage to thaw the pitches out, and we can we can get some action. But um, make sure there'll be major heat in Jack Ross if he loses this one. I mean, the, there's no exactly been a bounce effect since he came in. No, no, he has made. But I mean, you look at the, the couple of managers before him. Ah. Since Jack, you know, he's another. It's there's just a malaise at the club. Uh, they're, they're generally, I don't. You can't put my finger on what is wrong, but there's something inherently wrong at, at St Mirren just now. Because when you look at their squad on paper, it's not too bad a squad. They've got some experienced guys like Andy Webster in there. You know, some old heads who have been about around the block. We've got some decent young players in in there as well, you know, and guys on loan from Rangers and Ryan. You know, you you, you look and think that's that's a that's quite a good strong squad for for the championship. Yet they're completely detached at the bottom of the table, and no sign of any improvement. I mean, Ian Murray looked a good young manager until he went to St Mirren, and, and it, you know, it, it kind of it damaged them. And you know, again, man, the both of us have you know got a lot of time for Jack Ross. And it seems to be going the same way for Jack as well, you know, which is a shame. You, you, you can chat it back. It seems from the moment, I think it was Gary Teal was in charge. And if memory serves me correctly, they sold Kenny McLean. They were fighting for their lives to stay in the, the SPL as it was. And in the January transfer window, I think the last day they sold Kenny McLean to Aberdeen. And I mean, it was like, you know, it was the wind out the sails, you know, it was almost giving up, you know, as if they knew that the... It was just the, the the chances of staying in the top flight were gone the moment they did that, and and I don't think they've ever recovered from that moment. It's just been negativity and downhill all the way ever since. You know, they they were relegated, haven't even come close to getting back up, and now they could, they're in real real danger of dropping into to League One. A, a club like Samarin, who were you know we're talking about League Cup finals at the start of the programming. Three four years ago, they were they were beating Hearts to, to lift the trophy with Danny Lennon in charge. I mean, Danny Lennon seems an absolute eternity ago. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it just shows you how quickly things can deter- deteriorate in football if your club's not run properly. Colin, as always, thank you for your excellent opinion and analysis and uh, thank you also to podcast sponsor William Hill. Thanks very much. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.